Today, I want to talk about a potential pitfall most entrepreneurs fall into at one time or another that can really slow down the growth in our companies and how we can nip this in the bud and open the floodgates for growth and success. Let's get started. Do you have a B2B small business? Are you frustrated with the lack of resources to grow in B2B? So where do we go to learn how to grow our B2B small business? Should we focus on traditional offline methods, online techniques, or both? How do we bring in more clients and revenue and yet keep our sanity? I'm Robert Poole. Join me as I share two decades of B2B growth experience, learn new techniques, and combine both offline and online growth strategies to grow my own business. If you're listening to this podcast, you're part of an elite group of achievers who aren't willing to settle for just a nine-to-five job. You're one of the heroes in our society, and you should be proud of it. Welcome to the tribe, and welcome home. Hey, everyone. I hope you're having an awesome day today. In the last episode, we talked about how short-term and long-term thinking affect your business and what we need to focus on. Today, I want to talk about something a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with, including myself, and that's the need for perfection. You know, going after perfection can be good and, and bad, as you probably know. Today's episode is about why we struggle with this, what are the consequences, good or bad, and how do we use this to our advantage to make more money, serve our clients better, and ultimately grow our companies faster. You know, I'll start with this. uh, You know, like the title says, it's okay to be a slacker. You've got my permission and even endorsement for me to be a slacker. Oh, yeah, that doesn't sound like good advice when talking to a bunch of entrepreneurial overachievers, but stick with me on this. What I mean then is that it's okay to fall short of perfection in the tactics and strategies that we implement in our business. You know, insisting on perfection is actually bad for your business. Well, focusing on perfection can actually help you grow your business. The difference is very subtle, but important. Insisting and demanding is bad. Focusing is good. You know, perfection is a strength in the sense that we get obsessed with turning out good products or processes. However, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble and hold yourself and your business back. So the first question is, you know, why do we feel the need for perfection? You know, first of all, I think entrepreneurs are generally overachievers and we're usually obsessed with our business, growing it. And we think that things should go as we envision them. You know, type A achievers tend to be perfectionists. You know, we're harder on ourselves probably than anyone else, and we demand more from ourselves and our team than's probably realistic at times or at least within our realistic time frame. You know, we're also naturally looking around the world for problems to solve. And I mean, that's what entrepreneurship is all about. By doing that, we also focus on what's wrong and how things should really be, you know, and what's, quote, right, you know, and that type of thing. And, you know, finally, our egos are involved in, you know, let's face it, a lot of our identity is caught up in our business. We want things as we envision them. We want them our way. And we generally feel like our way is the right way. So things get, you know, should be exactly like we like them to be. You know, and this means they have to be perfect, the vision of what we see. So is there a problem on focusing on our vision and how things should be? No, it's definitely not bad. And it's actually very important as entrepreneurs to focus on the vision in our heads. Without this, we won't be solving any problems. But focus on the vision is what enables us to create solutions that provide value to people, which is what we get paid for. Vision is what drives us. And the more specific the vision, the better chance we have of achieving it. You know, uh, as an example, uh, my wife loves to plan events. You know, she puts on extravagant birthday parties and every holiday and small print on the calendar is a big deal. You know, she's become sort of the de facto events coordinator for our neighborhood and HOA and You know, we have young kids and she started doing Easter egg hunts and Hawaiian luau's during the summer and fall festivals and all that kind of stuff, primarily, uh, you know, just for our kids, but ended up being a big thing for the neighborhood. 
Anyway, she's a very detailed person and has a very specific vision of how the event should be and how it should unfold. She has all the right signs made, all the, you know, set up how the, the event should flow, what decorations should be there, what vendors should provide, you know, all the way down to the minute details. I mean, she's definitely a detailed person and likes to have things done her way. She'd be a, a great entrepreneur in a lot of ways. But, uh, you know, after a weekend event, she's generally happy with it um, pretty much every time. Um, but I, I see over the next few days, she talks again and again about how she was disappointed with this little detail that didn't work out. You know, she would say, well, you know, I envisioned it to go this way, but it didn't. So next time I'll do X or whatever. You know, and sometimes in listening to her, I'd think to myself, wow, that was a really great event. The, you know, the people and the kids had a blast and, hey, goal achieved, you know. Uh, but it occurred to me that she's like a lot of entrepreneurs, including myself, that are, you know, we're happy with the results, but we're also very focused on perfection. And, you know, focusing on perfection like my wife does can actually be very good. And as I mentioned, necessary. But it's how you focus on perfection that matters. If we focus on perfection from a standpoint of learning, what we do next time, looking at where the, a goal or action didn't come out like we envisioned, and then using that in the future, perfection is a huge win. However, if we demand or insist on perfection before we've finished the task or goal, it is likely going to slow the process down substantially and possibly prevent you from ever achieving the outcome you want. Now, I remember when I was in the Army as part of an officer's duty, you know, we have to come up with specific infantry battle plans when you're doing training exercises and that sort of thing. You know, which squad moves where, you know, how are we going to set this up with an advantage? You know, uh, when the enemy does this, we do that. You know, these plans are, you know, well rehearsed and, you know, thought out as much as possible and as detailed as possible. But like any good plan, it never worked out exactly how I envisioned it. No matter how much time you spent on it, it never really exactly went as planned. You know, the enemy did something unexpected. One of our squads moved slower or faster than the uh, plan dictated and so on. You know, fortunately, in situations like this, you don't have a lot of time to overanalyze things and get stuck in analysis paralysis trying to figure out the perfect plan. You know, you're kind of forced to get the best plan you can, the time you have, and then execute. You know, and then after every simulated battle, part of the routine was to conduct a, what they call an after-action review, which is basically a group brainstorm session of the battle's lessons. You know, we did this right. We did this wrong. Uh, we should try this next time. You know, so going back to my wife's event planning example, you know, although she'd plan every detail because, you know, there's a deadline, she's forced also at the same time to cut out any extraneous things, and she can't obsess over things that are not really going to affect the ultimate success or the outcome in a substantial way. Where we get ourselves in trouble is when we don't have uh, short-term deadlines and working on a new strategy, tactic, or product, or whatever. And I'll give you an example of what happens when you're focused on perfection and don't have a deadline. You know, we get ourselves caught up in trying to get it, quote, right before we launch it. Uh, you know, start, we started building a playhouse uh, in my backyard for my young girls about five years ago. We started with one of those prefab uh, sheds by Tough Sheds. I think it was like, if I remember correctly, 12 by 16. And, you know, we wanted uh, somewhere besides the house for our kids to play in the summer, you know, when it's 115 out here in Phoenix. Obviously, to do this, we needed some kind of, you know, electricity and AC and that sort of thing. So although I like construction and do a lot of house uh, projects, you know, I decided to hire an electrician to do some of the basic wiring, you know, running a new circuit from the house to the playhouse in the backyard, that sort of thing. Well, you know, that's all great. But then I started obsessing over making it perfect. I didn't like the way the electrician did the inside wiring. So I tore it all out and redid it myself. 
you know, did he do a bad job? No, it probably would have worked fine. But, you know, I had my own vision and ideas of how it should look and everything. I then knew, you know, you need internet out there, you know, uh, because at that time, you know, wireless signals weren't that great uh, and it wasn't strong enough to reach out that far. So I decided to run ethernet cables from the house. And once again, you know, I overcomplicated it in the name of perfection. A few ports would have been fine, but in the end, I think I ended up with like 16 in the small playhouse. And, you know, of course that requires far more than 16 wires running through the walls. Again, you know, insisting on perfection and overkill, quite frankly. You know, I lost sight of the ultimate goal. I got stuck doing things that weren't necessary to achieve the goal of having a decent place for my girls to play. You know, this emphasis for perfection went on, and I'm not kidding, it's kind of embarrassing, for five years. I drove my wife nuts, and it you know, actually created real problems in our relationship because I had to have the perfect spray foam installation instead of standard. I wanted to install a venting system, you know, and on and on, continually delaying the project completion. You know, the bottom line is that all these small things I was doing really had very little to do with the goal of giving my kids a nice place to play. And it wasn't until COVID hit that I finally said, you know, this is ridiculous. Uh, we're never going to finish this thing. And I think I had about 50% of it done or so. I hired a contractor to do the another 25, 30% of the work that I could have done, but I knew I never would, you know, based upon time. And this was literally done in like two weeks, uh, about he probably did another 25% of the items that were, you know, uh, leaving just the non-critical uh, items to be able to have my kids start using it, basically non-critical to the goal. So once I accepted something less than perfection, but still achieving the goal, we completed it and achieved the outcome we wanted in a very short order. So instead of taking five years to complete, uh, this should have been done in a couple months, my personal need for perfection cost me five years, a lot of money, and an enormous amount of my time, stress in my marriage and uh, other things. So all these situations that are things you can learn from, you know, as I said, the real question should be, you know, what are the minimum actions that we need to take to make something uh, happen for the ultimate result? Do these actions actually solve the immediate issue? You know, can we revise the solution down the road if we need and add to it? Um, so, you know, you, there's a lot of stories, but, you know, how do you apply to business? Well, for one, you know, a simple project or strategy can, that you implement can turn into a multi-year albatross around your neck if you let yourself try to get everything prepared before you start executing. I've done that, unfortunately, too many times in our business. You know, for, so focus on what the actual outcome is and decide in advance what constitutes a, a victory, so to speak. You know, most of the time we do a lot of things that aren't critical to the success of what we're trying to implement, and those things are, you know, never-ending non-essential components, you know, that can vastly increase the time it takes to get something off the ground. You know, when it comes to business success, you know, particularly in our modern high-tech society, speed is one of the most important factors in deciding who wins at the business game. If you can innovate uh, faster than the competition, get in front of more customers uh, quicker than others, and provide very responsive customer service, you know, you're going to grow your business. The flip side of that is that if you don't figure out how to move fast and adjust to the changing environment quickly, get in front of prospects before others, you know, eventually you're going to stagnate at best and, you know, at worst, you know, most likely decline or go out of business eventually. So what do we do to make sure this doesn't happen in our business? If you're working on a new feature to your service for your clients, uh, it's most likely there's a solution that you can implement that's not perfect, but takes up maybe 80% of the pieces to put together. But in the end, it solves the basic problem you set out to fix. Is it a perfect solution? Probably not. But it does accomplish the basic goal. If it does, 
go with it and move on to the next challenge. For instance, uh, let's say you're developing a new product that your clients need and want. You figure it'll take six months to put together or whatever. You know, if you sit down, plan it out and realize there are 10 uh, components or things you need to implement in order to achieve your ideal vision, that, you know, that may take, you know, uh, full time and, you know, quite a bit longer. However, if you look at those 10 items and you can pick seven of the most important parts that are really going to affect solving the majority of the problem with the other three being more minor, nice to have, but not necessarily, you know, the critical to the project. And you can cut those out, you know, and you can shortcut your time substantially. So if it was going to take six months, you know, maybe it would take three months now. You know, it's a lot easier to focus on the most important components of a strategy and leave the nice to have components out in the future. In our company, I I try to make decisions on what I've come to call the 80% rule. Whenever we're looking at a project that we're working on, I try to constantly ask myself and my staff, you know, if we can do 80% of the components and more quickly, will it achieve the basic outcome we're trying to achieve? If yes, then that's good enough. And we'll worry about the other 20% when we have extra time or that 20% starts to cause problems down the road. So this is all conceptual, but, you know, how do we practically implement this? There's really five steps in my mind. First, you have to get comfortable with the idea that things don't have to be perfect or a lot of times even close to achieve most of the outcomes you want in your business. Start reminding yourself of that whenever you're considering a new plan of action or a strategy. Number two, when you work on a new project, strategy or initiative, you know, get very specific about what the purpose of that project is. Is it to increase the number of leads you're getting? Is it to give your clients a better experience? You know, without this, this clarity of purpose, it's very easy to start doing things that are totally unrelated to the actual purpose of the outcome. You know, they seem like they should be part of the actions to take, but in reality, they're not critical in achieving the base purpose. So number three, if you haven't already, break down that project or strategy into major components, basically all the things you think are necessary to achieve the actual purpose of doing it. Four, take those components and rank them or prioritize them from uh, you know, one to 10 or whatever, the, uh, in the terms of which ones will have the biggest impact towards your vision and how quickly uh, can you implement them, which ones you might be able to exclude for the time being. So in number five, implement and focus only on that 70, 80%, but be flexible. You know, you might start out thinking that X will have a big impact on the project and decide in the process that doing Y makes more sense and it'll actually affect the outcome. So force yourself to find at least a few components that you can put off so you can get the outcome uh, that you want. So again, if you look at our entrepreneurial tendencies to be perfectionists, and instead of letting it slow you down and stagnate your business, use these kind of steps to your advantage. Use your specific vision of how things should be to actually propel you forward in a way that most effectively pushes the growth in your business. You'll make more money, your company will grow faster, and overall, you'll reduce the stress in your life which in my mind is what we should all aim for when it comes to growing our companies. I hope that was helpful. Thanks for listening today, and I'll talk to you soon. Have an awesome day. Thanks for listening today. I hope you learned something you can implement right away. I know your time is valuable, and it's really an honor to serve you. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes and give me your honest feedback and what future subjects would help you out the most. Now, I've also put together a short ebook on some of the top lessons I've learned in 20 years in a B2B business. You can download a free copy at growyourb2bcompany.com. That's growyourb2bcompany.com.